Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. How are y'all doing? I'm, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. Better stay to play yesterday. Because I'm recording this today. Today being the day of its release. Hours before it's ready to go up. And I watched the state of play up until the point Death Stranding 2 was shown. I thought it was a pretty good show. For me, I am very interested in Death Stranding 2, but I have not played the first one, so I am staying far away from it, as I have with the first game, which I'm still relatively unspoiled on. And I am very excited and kind of annoyed. It doesn't affect me because I own everything. I'm lucky enough to have every platform and can play every game that I want outside of VR because I'm not a fan of VR. I've given it a shot, a fair shot, a decent shot, and it's just not my cup of tea. But... Hearing about it after the fact that in addition to Death Stranding 2, Kojima announced that he will be partnering with Sony again for his third new IP, which will be his return to espionage, tactical espionage, aka he's making a Metal Gear Solid game that just isn't Metal Gear Solid. If he gets David Hayter back in it, which he should, that'll be big. But I find it frustrating that PlayStation Sony gets Death Stranding, which I know is not everyone's jam, but I'm quite interested in it. I think I'm going to enjoy it when I get around to it. And then uh, essentially a spiritual successor for two, that is Metal Gear Solid. And I think one of the words or phrases he said was, this is everything his career has been building up to this particular game something along those lines which cool but I just think about the fact that Microsoft managed to get an exclusive Kojima game and what we on the Xbox side get is some fucking weird all we've seen so far is a few faces reading bullshit at us like I'm doing right now to you. And then one of them screaming because they saw something. And then Jordan Peele is involved, I guess, which isn't something to get excited about because he's made one great movie, one okay but wasted movie that could have been so much more. And then a really dumb, overlong, bloated, underwhelming ending movie that is called Nope and Spoilers for a few seconds. My one, ten, uh, one sentence review for Nope is, if I also saw a giant butthole in the sky, I'd also say Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Dumb fucking movie with shit that doesn't have any reason to be there. Cut it out. Shorten that movie. I like the fact that at least Nope is much more original than us. But as a movie... It's just a mess. So that doesn't get me excited. 
and what we've seen i i don't like horror games in general and ones that are specifically trying to scare you where you have no real agency no ability to defend yourself which is what i'm getting the impression of from whatever the fuck that thing is called right now i don't even remember but that's uh, something excited about dragon's dogma 2 continues to excite me quite a bit and it's coming out fairly soon i am shocked by how good that game looks it's probably looked that good in previous trailers but something about seeing it here maybe i just haven't been paying attention it looks alarmingly good and i know it'll be capcom's first 70 dollars game so you want it to look the part but I do wonder, I, I'm not sure if these details will come out. I have to imagine it's 30 frames per second on consoles. And then is it a locked 30? Have we seen Digital Foundry or any of those folk talking about its performance so far? Because that, with the scale of that game, has me potentially concerned. And then I thought V Rising looked quite good and up my alley. What is it called? Helldivers 2. I enjoyed what I played in the first game. This is quite a departure. It's very Starship Troopers-y and in some extent uh, in some ways EDF, Axel Primal, those games where you're taking on hordes of enemies. Not exactly in a horde mode but just in a go on this mission you're gonna fight a lot of dudes or dynasty wars musu games and that could be fun my, my worry about helldivers 2 is what are the legs on it if i play which i'm not gonna play it anytime soon but whenever i get around to it is it something that i'm going to want to put a lot of time into or am i going to play it for a few hours Feel like I get the general idea and then be done with it because I'm not going to play it with people. I don't know any people to play online with, so that ain't happening. And then is there anything else that I could think of? The Metro VR game could be good. Possibly PSVR 2's answer to Half-Life Alex, even though Metro is not the same in terms of its franchise recognizability or, or the, the substantial nature of it but it looks good visually and I thought it was weird to because they only show two VR games I found it weird to start with Metro and then move to this very 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 ugly looks fun but a very 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 ugly VR game with fantasy elements fighting skeletons and shit like that but the combat looked fun it looks like it could be a very fun game but you go from this high fidelity metro vr game to this first gen looking vr fantasy thing it was it was a significant drop in visual fidelity visual quality Outside of those that I've mentioned so far, Stellar Blade, whatever, I don't care. Rise of the Ronin, I think it's called. 
I did not realize how Assassin's Creedy that game was, but my God, is it Assassin's Creedy? That could be fun. Looks like a PS4 game, but that's fine. Doesn't bother me. PS4 games look pretty damn good. They can. Some can look bad. And then Until Dawn remastered whatever. I don't know what that thing is called. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know why they're making a movie about it because the whole point of the game is that it's a movie you play and if you're not playing it, how good... It's not even a good movie. If you, if you look at Until Dawn and you remove the interactive elements and just take it as a movie, the original, when it came out, when he played it. I don't think a lot of people would say that's an amazing horror movie. They would say that's some pretty mid shit. But the joy is you're you're in control. So I don't understand that. But whatever horror movies are cheap to make tend to make money, so it makes sense in that in that regard. However, this remaster, whatever, built from the ground up, it said. Maybe I'm just not remembering what the original looked like. I thought what I, I was expecting way more of a graphical jump. I was expecting borderline real life looking models but that shit did not impress I think that's it that's worth mentioning that I can remember because I don't want to just sit here trying to think of what else was shown but I'm doing it right now if you can't tell I'm trying to think of what was in that leak. Bone Stars, I think, was shown. Whoop dee, I don't know. Whoop dee doo, I don't care. But yeah, stay to play. Pretty solid overall. I don't understand why. Or it, it's not a good idea, I think, and I would assume most would agree with. For Dragon's Dogma 2 and Rise of the Ronin to both come out on the same day, which I believe was March 22nd, 2024. Those games, in particular, seem like they are speaking to the same audience. So, they'll just cannibalize each other and... Oh... I guess Dragon's Dogma 2 has the benefit of being multi-platform. But I'm, I'm, I'm curious how that'll play out. I feel like the excitement is more behind Dragon's Dogma 2 at this point than Rise of the Ronin. It is for me, at least. But yeah, that was the PlayStation State of Play. And that's it. In terms of all that, we'll get on to what I've been playing, of course. I've been watching some stuff. I checked out Oppenheimer. It was it was okay. Solid 6 out of 10 type of movie. Biggest or highest praise I can give it is that at 3 hours, never dragged. But I don't understand the praise for Robert Downey Jr. If anyone out of the movie, anyone in the movie, stood out to me as a performance or as giving a performance that I thought was quite good, it would be Emily Blunt. And then some of the stuff he did with 
aspect ratio in certain scenes I did not understand. There, there was something at the base where I think it was full widescreen when they were talking, the two characters were talking, but then when they were watching the truck leave, it went to super widescreen, whatever it is. And I thought to myself, I don't understand switching here, but I'm no filmmaker. Uh, the other point I want to make was all the practical effects. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of actual visual effects too and, and, and all that. And despite what, what Nolan would say or whatever, the, the way he handled showing the bomb and everything did not, did not work for me. It was not effective. This, this bomb is supposed to be the, the most, the super powerful thing. Uh, and I felt none of that. I didn't get any sense of that from the way he decided to portray the bomb in any of the instances. But a perfectly fine movie. Anywho, let's get on to what I've been playing. I've got five games for this here episode, including Turn Up Boy Robs a Bank, Knight vs. Giant the Broken Excalibur, Filthy Animals Heist Simulator, Hidden Through Time 2, Myths and Magic, and then Turret Rampage. And we're going to start with Turn Up Boy Robs a Bank. So this is a roguelite where you play as Turn Up Boy and you have to rob this bank, which is constantly changing with every run. So you're going through elevators that will randomly take you to different floors, different areas while interacting with a lot of different characters who will give you quests that will allow you to get items that might help you with certain things. You're finding items, you are defeating bosses, purchasing things that will help you progress further. So you are constantly making little bits of progress with each run, whether that be through discovering items, discovering things, or earning currency that you use to buy items that allow you to progress. Very traditional stuff. The gameplay feels like you, you can use melee or a gun, twin six shooter style, and it feels very reminiscent of how I remember specifically enter the gungeon feeling and even has that same uh, type of pixel aesthetic. Looks very nice. A lot of, a lot of charm to it. When you're going on these runs, you can shoot enemies that'll be outlined in red. Green characters, green green outline characters, you can shake them to get some of their money. There will be items you can steal that are under glass, safes that you can crack when you have the right item, so on and so forth. Pretty fun, not super challenging so far. However, I don't think it's required. It's not taking away from my enjoyment of it because this is the game that I'm having the most fun playing of all the games. But it's very clear story-wise, character-wise, that the game, it even says when you first start your run, boot up the game, have you played the first game, which I think was called Turn Up Boy Something Tax Diversion? 
It, it recommends playing that first. It says you, you should probably play that first, but you don't have to. And you don't have to. But it's clear through what I've read of the story and from all the characters talking to me that there are a lot of winks and nudges at the first game, talking about things that I'm assuming happened in the first game, talking about characters who were in the first game. You're running into characters who I think you had some kind of relationship with in the first game. And so I do feel like I am missing out in that particular regard where it feels like I've been invited to a club or something I'm not super familiar with, like comic books, DC comic books. And everyone's talking about their favorite storyline, their favorite characters, their favorite comic run, whatever. And I'm just sitting there nodding my head saying that that sounds cool. I don't know what the hell any of you're talking about. And then if they get to me, uh, I'm just fucking befuddled with no idea what to say. So it kind of feels like being at a party with no idea of what's going on or any of the people and you just feel left out. Whether or not that matters to you is going to differ from how much you care about story or stuff of that nature. I kind of feel like I'm missing out because the writing is kind of fun and cute. And I want to know what these characters are talking about and referring to. And because I'm enjoying the gameplay and the general vibe of Rob's Bank so much so far. I'm curious what the first game is like, if it's similar in terms of structure or gameplay or anything, or if this is completely different. So I'm thinking I'm going to put this game on hold and go back to the first game, attack the backlog, perfect timing, or or not perfect time. It just, it's a perfect candidate for that. And then return to this game because I want to be in on it. But again, you don't you don't have to. You're, you're not going to be missing out on anything gameplay-wise. And if you're somebody who doesn't care about story in, in games at all, except in those cases where it's very, very important to the game, like a Last of Us or Until Dawn, kind of, or, or something of that nature, a Kojima game, then I understand. But uh, yeah, that is Turnip Boy Robs a Bank. I'm playing on Xbox. All of these on Xbox, yes. And I, I, I would assume it's pretty much everywhere. Quite good, though. Knight vs. Giant, the Broken Excalibur, is another rogue light that gameplay-wise reminds me a lot of Cat Quest. It's an isometric hack and slashy game where you play as King Arthur. Merlin fucked everything up, but then the knights also fucked shit up. And now you're on the astral plane. Camelot has been sent to the astral dimension. And you have to recover your knights, not bring them back to life, but you recover their their main weapon or, or if it's a shield, whatever so that you can utilize their skills, their weapons, their abilities 
on runs. That's that's how they come into play. So some might give you projectile weapons or big long broadswords that are slow but do high damage or fast swords. Give you skills that will bring down lightning or give you a little ray of energy that'll block enemies for a period of time or shoot out a shockwave. And over the course of going on runs that are that are room based, and that's the same way in the turnip thing where you're you're going through your one of the cool things about the turnip game is that what you're doing is trying to rob this particular bank that has a lot of mystery to it. And so things are changing while elements are staying the same. But in Knight versus Giants. Giant, what a weird name. You are doing it in a very traditional room-based type of thing where you get into a room, locks you out when enemies pop up, defeat all the enemies, it opens up. You'll usually get something, whether it's a stone you can pick up for a small increase to your movement speed or critical chance, or an altar will appear that allows you to get some kind of buff for that run whether it's a little extra health, increased damage, maybe something along the lines of dropping acid when you do a dodge roll, or something specific to your particular knight that you've chosen that is specific to their weapons and skills. But you're just doing this, collecting gold, collecting these orbs that you can only use at the shop during a run, otherwise you'll lose all those. While also, it does a good job of constantly drip feeding you new characters that will be recruited to Camelot that you are rebuilding at the same time by using currency and stuff you gain, items, special items you gain during runs so that you can improve your weapon stats, you can learn or, or, or learn or discover more knights. And, and so on and so forth. It's solid. It feels good when the combat feels very reminiscent. And one of the reasons why it feels reminiscent to Cat Quest is that it has that look, that same cartoony aesthetic, very bright, very colorful, very vibrant. But all the enemies telegraph their attacks. So if, they're, if they attack in a straight line, right before they attack, you'll see a line showing that they'll attack, what direction they'll be attacking in, or if they do an area effect attack and they'll jump to it, you'll see the space where they'll land and do that attack. So you always know where an attack is going to come from uh, and from the enemies that are attacking. Regular enemies, you can cancel their attacks with your the, the final attack of your combo with your main weapon. I just freaking flew up my little whatever hoodie straw. <laughs> Hoodie straw? Hoodie drawstring? Shut up, me. But that just completely made me lose my train of thought. But that, that that's why it feels very cat questy. It has the same look. It has the enemies telegraphing their attacks. And it's solid. But one, it's super fucking talky. I eventually just started skipping it because I don't think the writing is particularly funny or interesting and there's just so fucking much of it 
that I, I eventually got sick of reading it and just skipped it all. But also, as solid as it all is, and it's nice too that you can teleport to any room you've been into and cleared. That's that's convenient. It's very you're you're never surprised by a boss room or anything like that. So it's it's pretty accessible. It's just kind of boring in the in the sense that in my playing it so far, a few hours. There doesn't seem to be a fresh idea in it. It's well made for sure, but there's nothing about it that I look at and think, this is something unique to you. This is this is what you're bringing to the table. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm enjoying it again, but it does make it hard to say, wanna play over Turnip Boy or something else that was, that's in my backlog that will give me a more unique experience. This is something great if you just want a casual thing to drop in, do a run here and there when listening to a podcast or something along those lines. This is this is the kind of game that if I were a handheld player, had a regular commute, this would be great for that. On the train, play a bit of this, not really caring about the story or any of that stuff, just getting in some solid fun perfect for that but if i'm gonna sit down and devote time at home to play a game it's it's not it wouldn't be at the top of my list but a solid game if you like these types of games definitely worth checking out that is again knight versus giant the broken excalibur next is filthy animals high simulator which is Gameplay-wise, in the same vein as stuff like most recently Party Animals, but Gang Beasts, Human Fall Flat, and any of those games that is very physics-based where you're moving the character around and they're very wobbly and part of the fun is, is seeing them slip and fall and do silly things because their bones are very loose you, you you interact with objects by grabbing them and then you're just kind of dragging them along and you could fling them and run into other objects and trip and knock over your friends or enemies so that that that's that's what it's got going for the gameplay wise and it's a heist game where you can play it by yourself or with up to three other players. So one to four player heist in. There are nine heists that I could see. However, I think this type of game is no fun solo because the fun of these games is very much so in the playing with others and seeing stupid things happen to them having stupid things happen to the collective and just being able to share the experience of the nonsense that happens in these types of games. Playing them by yourself for me is a very not rewarding experience. 
and what I found especially frustrating. So part part of the so what what you're doing is you're going on these heists. You have certain objectives, and you want to get through these areas and reach the end of the level to escape by this dude who brought you back to life. Weird story, not funny. I did, I didn't find it funny at all. Like the art, it's it's pleasant. It's pleasant. But you you go through these heists cracking some safes which you, you just punch everything you punch certain objects to open them up in some cases there might be a door blocking your way that you need an axe for you find the axe in the in the level use it to destroy the the area there'll be enemies who are hostile to you if you if they notice you doing no good but and if you happen to die you can roll yourself to a toilet and plop in there bring yourself back to life However, when I was on my first run and my first real level and was just about done, the dude coming to pick me up to take all the goods and all that hit me with his giant fucking truck and then the game freaked out or something and I just kept rolling on the ground. I couldn't get back up and I was constantly losing damage over time until I died and then I had to roll to the toilet but in that time I didn't even see there was a time limit the dude in the truck was like, eh, too late. I'm not waiting for you anymore. Even though there was no reason to leave, there weren't any cops or anyone pressuring them to get the fuck out of there. So they left before I could even get to the toilet. And I completely leveled, uh, I completely leveled, I completely failed the level and had to redo it all over again. That was when I turned off the game and said, now nah, I'm good because this type of gameplay I don't find fun by myself. I don't, this isn't fun. This isn't a fun challenge. I don't think those types of games are challenging in a way that I want to get better at them. They're, they're frustrating to control in a way that it's fun to have other people to play with who ha also, you know, have to endure the nonsense and the garbage controls that you're, you're, you're playing with. But that 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 failing of the level frustrated me and pissed me off after I spent fifteen or so minutes in it, just seeing everything there was and butting around in it. That I did not want to do it again. That's filthy animals. If you have a regular group you play games of this ilk with, you can check it out. I think it's on Game Pass. But if if you're someone who likes to try and play games like this. Which is structurally, it's it's similar stuff like moving out, overcooked, and so on. I don't think this is in the the group of ones that are actually enjoyable single player. Then hidden through time to miss and magic. This is a Where's Waldo game, where you have a small little area full of a bunch of stuff character uh, cute characters the art style is reminiscent of scribble knots i would say is the closest that comes to mind looks nice you can zoom pretty far out zoom pretty far in and all you're doing is trying to find a select number of objects that are hidden in the environment with each object you'll get a little hint to where it is they'll give you uh one uh, roughly 
usually maybe it could be one to two sentence clues as to where it is. Like a banana peel that gives you the clue. But the dumpster's right there. So find one of the few dumpsters in the level and then look for the banana in that area. And it's very important to use these clues because it can be hard navigating the space and trying to find where this particular item is without that. The big change from the first game to the second game is that now each level has two different modes. That could be daylight, uh, daytime and nighttime, or summer and winter. And you can switch between these two on the fly. There's a few second transition and some objects will only be able to be found in one time, one mode or the other. And then some can be found in any of them. There's also a specific, I think, gas can special hidden object in all the levels. And you have four different themed areas. One is 80s themed. One is, I think, fantasy themed. I forget the other two. But it's fine. I find that sometimes the clues don't don't help that much and then it becomes frustrating because you're so focused on the clue that trying to it, it can be frustrating at times trying to, to find these objects but more so than that I, I just think while the game well while the game has a lot going on in it and like the first game there is a creator mode which I think I would find the most enjoyment out of, though I remember, I don't know if truly creative works were at the top of the list in the first game or if they were all achievement-based ones. That's what I remember from the first game is a lot of levels that were designed for collecting achievements. But I like that that is in there. But as, as busy as the levels can be, they're not as elaborate and as fun to look at as a Where's Waldo book or anything of that nature. I, I find these types of puzzles work so much better in books, for me at least. Or I, I, I discovered that with this game. But if you like Where's Waldo, that type of gameplay, hidden object games, discovering that kind of stuff, it's worth picking up and depending on how well it sells, how many people are really invested in it and the creation side of things, you could potentially have a lot of content besides the main campaign. So that could be very nice as well. And the last game is Turret Rampage, which... It's a very simple game. You have a turret on essentially a ladder, let's call it. And you'll have enemies coming from both sides. And then you basically just go between these various levels and then shoot at the enemies coming at you. They quickly increase the challenge by making levels last longer, by having multiple types of enemies that require different weapons to take them out, whether it be a regular bullet, multiple bullets, a type of circular blast 
And in some cases, the enemy will require a circular blast first and then a bullet. Or some you'll need to use a type of flashbang attack that will make them come out of the dirt. And then they're vulnerable to attacks. And it plays out kind of like a game of Simon Says, where you're you're just having... To, it, it's a game testing your reflexes and your ability to, to constantly switch between all these different levels, different directions, different base buttons that are correlating to the different attacks. And it's it's fun. Very, very simple, but I enjoyed it. It's a game you have to you have to pay full attention to. You can't focus on anything else because of how fast everything's coming at you. But a fun little thing to play here and there. Won't won't take up too much of your time, but I, I had a good time with it. The little time I put into it. That is Contert Rampage. And that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The bleh. If you enjoy this here show or any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can support me and my nonsense over at patreon.com slash PXS. In addition to the Patreon, you can find links to the site, the YouTube, the Discord, and so much more over at PXSausage.com. Um, but that is it that is all as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have both a wonderful rest of your day a lovely rest of your week and a wonderful weekend but for now adios arrivederci keep growing my hair out but i think i'm gonna try growing my beard out again for, for real real this time ah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>